Now, uh, starting from a Mishnah in Sanhedrin, the generation of the flood, the, the Mishnah in Sanhedrin says, don't have Eilam Haba, they named them Badin, they don't even have judgment. I won't, my spirit won't judge these people. They won't have a Din They won't have the spirit of coming back to life and not judgment. In this week's parsha, we have both the story of the flood and the story of the power of Bovil, of the tower of Bovil, known as the Doir Haflaga. And they also have no haba. They also Shanamar, as it says, Vayofetz Hashem Isam, Hashem scattered them, Misham from there, from where they built the tower of Babel, Al And there's another possible Misham Hefitzam, Hashem scattered them by Yofetz Hashem Isam, Hashem scattered them by Oilam Haza in this world, by the tower of Babel, they were scattered. Or Misham Hefitzam Hashem Loilam Haba, they're scattered in Oilam Haba as well. Then the Mishnah goes on to say the people of Sidaim lost their share in Oilam Haba. As we learned, the Roim, the Chatoim, Roim refers to this world, and Chatoim is the world to come, but they do have judgment. And Ibn says both of them don't have judgment, as it says, wicked do not have judgment, which just to mention that there is a concept that if somebody has judgment, then ultimately the goal of judgment is that the person at some time has redemption and something good comes of it. And actually, there's a famous Gemara about um, Elisha ben Avuya, that when he died, they didn't even want to, Elisha ben Avuya was one of the great Tamidi Chachamim who went away from Torah. And when he died, they didn't even want to let him into Gehenim. And then Reb Meir, who had learned from him, said that when he'll die, he'll die, and they should at least let him into Gehenim. So that uh, Reb Meir said, Mutav it is worthwhile he should be judged and have eventually the world to come. And the idea of not even having judgment is a big problem. So again, he says, They don't even have judgment, according to this opinion. Okay, Omrullah, so they answered back to They don't get judged with the tzaddikim. They get up, they get judged with the Rishoyim. Then we have the Miraglum have no Oilam Hava because it says that Vayamusu, those who spoke bad on the land, died in a plague before Hashem. Again, it says Vayamusu and Vamagaifa, but this world and the other, next world. Now, I'm gonna, not going to go through the rest of the Mishnah, going to the Gemara now. The Gemara says, Tanu Rabbonon. The people of the generation of the flood lost their Elamhabos. It says, He erased all that was on the face of the earth. He erased them as an Elamhaza. And they were erased from the land in Elamhaba. That's the opinion of Rabbi Akiva. Now, that's basically on the Mishnah. Now we go with various Midrashim on this. Our rabbis taught. Why were they so haughty? The people of the generation of the flood were very arrogant. Why? Hashem gave them such abundant good, and the good caused them to have arrogance. 
what does it say about the situation that these people were in? They had plenty, always was the peace. There was nothing to fear from, from and the stick of God of judgment was not on them. Uksiv, there's another Pasuk, which means that every single time an ox, a cow got pregnant, never miscarried from every single, uh, he has over here from every single marital relationship a, of a, or relationship of a ox and a cow, a calf was born and they never lost children. Tiflet parasa evelate tishakel, the cow would give birth and never lose a baby. Then we have another pasuk in Yeshav. At the time of birth, the baby was born. You were right away able to say, okay, Yankel, he's one minute old. Can you please get this item for me? Because at birth, the baby was already capable of doing things. As Rashi brings, at the time of birth, the baby at the time of birth before the mabo was able to dance straight away. If he would meet somebody who would threaten him to damage him, the baby could fight and win a battle the moment, the day of birth. The mother at the time of birth would say to the baby, let me bring me scissors and I will cut your hair. And the baby was able to obey instructions at birth. And this is all in the Haggadah of Bereshis. Go turn on the light, turn on a candle in the Medrash Bereshis Rabbah. So they had birth and it wasn't all the childbearing difficulties. The baby was, the child was right away born, capable. We have another Pasuk in where it says, they would play music with various instruments. Another, they would rejoice. And it says, they would spend their whole days until it came the day. They're, all their years were pleasant. And then they would die in one moment. They didn't have a suffering before death. So it was a wonderful life. But actually, this wonderful life, which they had before the flood, backfired against them. The he garma, this caused <clears throat> that they said to Hashem, the people of the generation of the flood, said to Hashem, turn away from us. We don't want any connection to you, God. We don't want the ways, your ways. Who is God? Why should we serve God? What are we going to gain by connecting to God? God can't help us, can't hurt us. He doesn't seem no problem. We don't need him, they thought. We need God because he makes it rain. We don't need the rain. We have plenty of rivers, plenty of wells. We have plenty of water from them. We don't need the rain. We manage without rain. So Hashem says, I gave them abundant good. And they're angering me because of the good I gave them. And especially they're saying that they don't need my water because they have all these rivers and wells. And because they spoke that they don't need my water, I will judge them with the water. As it says, I will bring the flood in water 
because their rebellion is in water, that they said they don't need God's water. Their arrogance came from the eye. Rashi says, They would see that Hashem has given them abundant good. And they would lift up their eyes. And they would commit adultery. And the, the adultery was caused by their eyes. So their arrogance caused their eyes. Now the eyeball is it looks like water. So their sin came from the eyeball, which looks like water. As it says, they took wives, whatever they chose. And it says they would take even a shasish, even a married woman, even a behemoth. They would just, any lust and any desire they would have, they would do, they would take. <clears throat> they had relationships with animals. They had relationships with married women. They didn't recognize, respect marriage. Because they went after the sight of their eyes. They were judged with water. Which is similar to the eyeball. Rashi says, why is water similar to it? How is water similar to an eye? A well generally comes from a very narrow and small place. And from there, a whole lot of water comes out. Similarly, the eye is very small. But from the eye, you can see all sorts of things. As it says, all the wells of deep underneath open. And the windows of heaven open. Rabbi Yochanan says the the generation of the flood, their sin, we mentioned the word Rabbo, and their punishment, we mentioned the word Rabbo. As it says, Vayar Hashem ki Hashem saw that there was a lot of bad of the people, and their judgment was also with Rabbo. As it says, the wells of deep underneath, because the flood came not only from the rain, but the flood also came from the water underneath, which opened up, the deep water. Rabbi Yechanan says of these, uh, all these wells that opened up, which gave warm water, and most of these wells later disappeared, but three of them remained, which is blue together in Hamitferian and Enerapsi of Biram. And Rashi says three remained from those wells of the Doit Hamabu, which were very hot. Over there was hot water, as we said further in the Gemara, that their sin came with heat because of sexual relationships, which is the seed is hot, and therefore their sin was through heat, and their punishment was also through heat. Then we have Kihishchis Kobosar. As dark it's all flesh had become destroyed their ways on the land. Amr this teaches us, Shehir Biyu, they were constantly trying various uh, mating different animals. What happens if we mate a dog and a cat? What happens if we mate these two animals, these two animals? Well, they were testing all sorts of mating of animals. They were mating wild animals with domestic animals, domestic with wild. They were also doing trials to see what happens if a human mates with an animal, an animal, a human on every single creation. So they were doing all sorts of tests, which was all a form of adultery. And Abba Barkanoim, 
says vikulon chazru chutz mitushlami. Generally, all these animals, what happened was these animals were corrupted by the people and these animals all became immoral. After the Mabul, but the, with the 12 months, now most of the animals were killed, died in the flood, but two of every animal or seven of kosher animals survived. And after the flood, these animals did teshuva. They stopped being corrupt. They stopped mating with each other only with their kind. The only animal that didn't do teshuva, there's an animal called, or more accurately, a bird called Tushlami. And he got corrupted by the flood and he never did teshuva. He remained corrupt for life. And Rashi says, Oifu, this is the kind of bird, this bird still has very bad relationship. He mates with everyone. Uh, he says over here, Tushlami is a kind of bird, and it's brought in and that bird is uh, ready to mate with any creation. Now it says, Hashem tells Noyach, the end of all flesh came before me. And what does it say? Because the world is filled with robbery. So we see how serious robber is. The Doid Hamabo transgressed everything. And yet the punishment didn't come until they were robbing each other. As it says, the world was filled with robbery. Then we have a famous Medrash, which Rashi brings in, let's hold this he was complete in his generations, says Rabbi Yochanan. He was only complete in his generations, but not in other generations. If he was in another generation, he'd be nothing special. Reish Lakish says that he was considered special in his generation. In another generation, he'd be even more special. Now it says, Hashem erased and destroyed all the life that was on the face of the land. Now, why are all the animals and the birds getting destroyed? If the human being sinned, what the animals do wrong. So we learned in the name of Rabbi Shubhan Karcha, there's a parable about a person made a chuppah for his son, and he prepared all kinds of feasts. After a number of days, his son died. He scattered the chuppah and he said, Everything I did was for the sake of my son. Now that my son died, what do I need this chuppah for? So same thing is, Hashem made all these animals for the sake of the human being. If the human beings have all messed up, who needs the animals? So Hashem says, I created the domestic animals and the wild animals for the human. Now that the humans are sinning, who needs the animals? And that's why the animals also perish. Then he brings in the Chomish, all on dry land died, all the animals died, all the birds died, only two of each species or seven for kosher. But the fish in the sea, there was never a decree on the fish in the sea. Now, interesting Rashi here, he says, there is a tradition that Rashi brings that on Shabbos we eat fish. doesn't say gefilte fish. You could have gefilte fish. But there's a tradition to have fish on Shabbos. 
brought in Shulchan Aruch. Lahayra, he said, is to show the ain eish gehenim shaylit b'Shabbos. The gehenim is closed on Shabbos. Similarly, the fish, the punishment of the flood did not affect the fish. Generally, everybody was affected by boiling water, but the fish were not affected by it, and the fish survived the flood. And to and similarly, every single Shabbos, the Gehenim is closed. So therefore, we we eat fish on Shabbos to remind us about the Gehenim being closed. I know on this idea, even though this is mainly a shear for learning, but just something that the a story. My grandfather, whose name was Yochanan Gordon, enjoyed making, uh, getting the Rebbe to laugh, to having a good joke. One time at a Fabrengen of the Rebbe, my grandfather didn't feel well and fainted and was carried out. After, uh, at Mincha, he was there and the Rebbe sees him and the Rebbe asked him, Rebbe Yochanan, what happened to you? So he tells the Rebbe, what happened to me? I died. But on, and they took me up above the Gehenim is closed on Shabbos. In the Ganeidin, they didn't want to let me in. So I came back. So that's why I'm back. But this is connected to this Gemara, which my grandfather quoted, that the Gehenim, the hell, is not open on Shabbos. And to commemorate that hell, Gehenim, is closed on Shabbos, that's why we eat fish on Shabbos, because fish did not suffer during the Mabel, during the flood. Now we have... I've got a, I've got a, I've got a question. Yes, please. Uh, don't we now believe that animals do not have any moral sense? So how could they have done anything wrong or repented? Okay. Even if animals have no moral sense, which I'm sure they don't, if you train an animal to do certain things, he will start doing it. If a human being gets an animal and gets him to do certain things, the animal starts learning. There are certain things that the animal naturally won't do. But if you start mating him with other animals, he'll start, he'll continue to do it. Now, again, the, not, we're not saying the animal has free choice, but they have instinct. Just to give you an example for this, we once had a cat that parked by our place and my kids gave it some milk, so he came even more. And then and one day, this cat went and attacked a bird and ripped it apart. And my kids got all upset and they banished this cat. That's not the cat's fault. The cat was programmed that way. So animals, they don't have free choice. And that's why the Gemara is asking, why is Hashem punishing the animals? The animals don't do anything wrong. Exactly what Alexei is saying, they don't have moral sense. We're not saying that the animals are punished because of what they did. And we're not saying the animals did Teshuvah because of they, they learned Hasidus and they became better. No, we're not suggesting that at all. We are not suggesting that animals get reward and punishment. We are saying that the animals were perished because we don't, the whole goal is human beings. And if the human beings messed up, the animals messed up. We are also saying that human beings can train animals to do rotten things. Okay, the next bit of Gemara, Rabbi Yaisi of Kisri says, there's a possible, yes. I'm just gonna mute everyone because there's a bit of noise. If you have something important to say, welcome to unmute yourself. Rabbi Yossi of Kisri says, was a pasuk in Iyoyim, he's very light on the face of the water, to kumel chalkasam baretz, their share in earth will be cursed. 
So he says over here, Noyach was rebuking them. And he was telling the people, Lasu teshuva, do teshuva. And if you don't do teshuva, Hashem is going to bring a flood and have your dead bodies floating on the water like these barren zikim, which are flasks. As it says, it's very light on the face of the water. And furthermore, people will give a curse that you should be like the people of the flood who are floating on the water. So for all the whole boy, forever and ever, when somebody wants to curse someone, he said, you should have an end like the people in the flood. As it says, your portion in land will be cursed because somebody wants to curse. You should have an end like the people in the flood. The Pasuk says he doesn't turn to the vineyards. They were turning to the vineyards and they were turning to the tzaddikim and they were saying, how come Hashem, how, how come Hashem doesn't bring the judgment? You know, if Hashem wants to punish us, so why isn't he punishing us? Who's stopping him from bringing it straight away? So he says, Hashem said, I have one bird to remove. There is a tzaddik, Mesushelach, and he has to be saved before the Mabel because Mesushelach died shortly uh, before the flood. So they said him, Cain, we won't turn to the vineyards. What does this mean? He brings over here Rashi and Mitsudis and Seferiyev say, I think this is this quote that I just put here, I think it's from the Ben Yoyoda, but Rashi and Mitsudis brings that the Kavana is that they intended to rob, they would rob less than once the value of one cent because they would think this is the way at Sadiq. When at Sadiq robs, he robs less than a cent because less than a cent does not have a, a category of mummy. And therefore, there's no official sin. But then when the people ask, Noyach, you say that a flood is coming, so let him do it straight away. Why is Hashem delaying? And Noyach said there's still one good person that he has to die beforehand. So they said, if so, till now, we were worried about a flood, so we only stole a little bit. Now you tell me that there's a tzaddik that has to die before the flood. So till that tzaddik dies, we might as well go back to stealing big time. Because the warnings of the flood took a long time. It was 120 years that Nayak was giving warnings. And people say, come on, if God really wants to make a flood, do it already. Obviously, he can't. Now we have a Pasuk, which is relevant to what the second part of this year, the unusual movements of the sun. It says, actually, there's one of the opinions on that. It was at the end of seven days. And the it's what's special about these seven days. Rav says these are the days of the Avelis for Mesushelach. Mesushelach, who was a great tzaddik, a grandfather of Noyach, died seven days before the flood, which teaches us that the Hesped, the eulogy of tzaddikim, holds back the tragedy. And because Hashem wanted there should be eulogies for Mesushelach, tzaddik, the flood was delayed seven days. Davar another prat shivas hayomim. Hashem changed the whole order of creation in those seven days. Normally, the sun goes from east to west, but in those seven days, the sun would, would be, it would come out, it would rise in the morning from the west, and it would set in the east. 
Dovaracher, another explanation. What is these seven days? That Hashem gave them Zmangodel. First, he gave them a long warning for the Mabel. We have a flood coming, but it's in 120 years. That's a long time to wait. Then 120 years are over. The flood should come. No, we're making an extension, another seven days. He gave them Zmangodel. Another explanation, what are these seven days? These seven days were the most amazing days. He says, he's going to give them these seven days that they had. They tasted what Olam Habo would be like. That they will know if you're only going to do Teshuvah, this is what you'll have. So they got seven days of the most royal treatment, and then they all perished. Now it says in the, in the story of Nayach, that from what Mikol you should take from every kosher animal, take seven, a husband and wife. Now, I want to know, have you ever been at a, I'm inviting to a wedding. Have you ever been invited to a wedding of two dogs or two cats? Has anybody attended a wedding of a dogs or cats or, I don't know, mice? So the Gemara asks, do animals get married? Do they have weddings? So what does he mean, the man and his wife? The animal, obviously, we're talking about a dog and his wife, a cat and his wife, but dogs and cats don't get married. So Reb Shmuel Bar Nachmani says in the name of Rabbi Yonason, may oisam nevda We only took into the teva animals which sins were not done with. And again, Alexei asked before that animals have no free choice, and he's right. But still, humans do have free choice. And humans who mix, who crossbreed animals, that's a terrible sin. So those animals with which humans did sins, those animals were not let into the table. It was only the animal that were not used for sins. Now, Noyach is standing there by the table. A dog comes, a lion comes, whoever. How does Noyach know if this animal was used for mixed mating or not? How does he know? They went by in front of the table. If it was an animal that was never used for sin, if the table allowed this animal to come in, it's obvious that no sin of mixed mating was done with this animal. And if there's an animal that ain't a they're not able to get into the table, that animal obviously a terrible sin was done. So according to the first answer, Avchista's answer, animals tried to get into the Teva, some were able to let in, and some were just rejected by the Teva, wouldn't let them in. All those animals that were innocent came on their own. The animals that were guilty, animals are programmed for whatever they do, they don't have free choice. So Hashem made it, the guilty animals did not come. Now we have Tsayar Tassel, a Teva, Tsayar can either be windows, but the Yohanan says, that Hashem said to put avonim tevisum argoliyos to put diamonds in there, which these are diamonds that shine. It'll be meiris lachem katzaharaim. It'll be shining like noon, even though, as we're going to see, that during the um, full year it was actually a solar year, a year of three hundred and sixty-five days. But during the year of the flood, there are the movements of the sun, the moon, and the stars. This continued. Now we say that the Teva had three stories, Tachtim, a lower story, Shniim, the second story, or I guess in Australia it's called the first floor, 
and then Shlishim, the third story, or here it's called the second, but there were three stories in the Teva, Tasa, you should make. Tana, we learned, why do you need three stories in the Teva? Tachtim Lezevel, the bottom story was for all the fertilizer, all the rubbish, and Soim, the middle story is Lebehema, for the animals, and El Yoinim, the top level, is Lodim, for the people. Now we have at the end of the flood, Leach wanted to see if the land was dry or not. So the Pasuk says, Noach sent the raven and told him to go on a mission to see if the water is still going. And a Shlokish says the raven had a a very strong debate against Noach. He says, He says, your master, God hates me and you hate me. How do I know that Rabuch Sainani? How do I know your master God hates me? Look at these instructions. God said, Shiva. Kosher animals and kosher birds will have seven of each, or seven male and female. Minhatmeim from unkosher ones, Shnaim. So chickens, rooster, chickens, ducks. You took seven of each. And, or maybe seven male, seven female, I'm not sure. But certainly it was seven as opposed to the non-kosher, the raven. You, they only took two. That's where God hates me. And now you hate me. If you have to send somebody out, why send a raven where there's only two of them? Better send an animal with the seven of them. Because if I meet, either it gets too hot, too cold, there'll be no more ravens in the world. So why are you sending a raven when there's only two ravens? You know, we're trying to protect... Um, species that are, today there's a whole thing to protect those species that might um, become extinct. So he says, oh, I have another idea. You know why you're sending me out? Maybe you, Nayach, the raven has an amazing wife, another raven, a female raven, and Nayach is interested in a relationship with the female raven. And that's why you're sending the raven out to be able to have a relationship with his female. So Nayak says to the raven, Rosha, you wicked one. Bimutrli Nasar, it's prohibited for me during the year they were in the Teva. Nayak and his son, Shem Chama Yefes, were not allowed to have relations with those that are permissible with their own wife. In the Teva, they had men and women sleeping in separate areas. Even Nayak and his son slept in one area, and the wife of Nayak and the wife of the son slept in another area. So how much more so? that I won't have a relate if I don't even have a relationship with my own wife, certainly I'm not going to have a relationship with a raisin. How do we know that relationships between male and female were prohibited in the Teva? It says you should come to the Teva, you and your wife, your sons and your one. You should come, you and your sons, and then your wife and your son's wives. But by same in that table, when you go out of the table, it says you and your wife, your sons and the wives of your sons. So Rabbi Yechanan says from here, we learn that there was a prohibition, prohibition of marital relations during the time they were in the table. Then it says, by He sent the yoyna, the pigeon, the dove, he sent him out from near him. So Rabbi Yirmiya says, Mikan from here we learn, that the dwelling of kosher birds is with the tzaddikim, and the dove lives near Noah. 
Then we have the dove, the red, the dove, the pigeon comes back and an olive leaf is in her mouth. Rebbe Lazar says, the dove says before Hashem, master of the world, I would rather have terrible, bitter food like a olive. I'd rather have my food dependent on Hashem and have bitter like an olive than have my food dependent on a human being. And he says, how do you know that the word teref means food? It says, Now, said, Eliezer, Eliezer was the servant of Avram. He asks, shame, Rabbi, shame the great shame. It says, You went out of the table with their families. And how did you guys, Rashi explains, how did you survive the year in the table? Rashi says, How did you manage to do all that preparation to do for every creation has its desires, its needs. How in the world can a few human beings look after the needs of all these creations? So Shane Ben Yaakov says, you're right, it was very difficult. He says, It was very difficult for us on the table. Looking after the animals was murder. Some creatures who only ate by day. And we had to feed them at night. This creature won't eat at night. Then we have You have some creatures who only eat by day. Some only eat by night. Then you have some creatures who knows what they eat. Hi, Zakisa. There was a creature called Zakisa. My father, Noyach, did not know what this creature eats. One day he saw that it was uh, there was some old pomegranates, there was some uh, pomegranates who had gone rotten. And this uh, This uh, Zakisa, this Zakisa took the word and ate it. From the from now on, they knew that we just prepare some lettuce and lettuce will have a bit of worms, and this Zakisa will have what to eat. Now, Arya, the lion, ish sozinse. The lion, a lion normally has to eat a tremendous amount of meat. How did the lion survive the year in the table? So the answer is the lion had a very high fever. And when people have high fever, they don't have such a, uh, an appetite. So the lion had high fever the whole year, so his appetite was gone. Excuse me, Rabbi, but uh, at the creation, it's written that for animals, all the grass will be only food. Probably till uh, the flood, it will be like that. It was like that. When you read the Beresh, yes, definitely. I don't know. You have a very good question. So probably the lion say it's a grass at that time. But a lion and, uh, still and, has and a tremendous. Try, and, and, how are you going to have enough? Lion. Okay, even let's say the lion ate grass, because it doesn't say here the lion ate animals, but the lion has a tremendous appetite. The amount of grass you'd have to have for a lion, how are you going to have it? So the answer is the lion had a serious fever all year, and he couldn't even eat too much grass. Okay, thank you. Okay, good, thank you for the question. 
Now there was a bird called Oirishena. Oirishina. Oirishina. Rashi says it's a bird which is also called Chayom in Lashna Mikra. And this is a bird that Rashi says ain't a Maisli This bird never dies. My father found this bird was sitting in the corner of the table. And he asks, my father asked this bird, like, boy, he doesn't, don't you want food? And so he says, so this bird says, Chazisa, I saw the Havitridi, you look like you're working very hard. Amina, I said, lay it started. I don't want to trouble you. So Nayah heard that this bird doesn't want to trouble him. He says, may it be the will of Hashem, you should never die. And we has a Pasuk that this uh, bird never was uh, decree of dying. He never ate from the Yitzhadas. So here we're saying he never ate from the Yitzhadas. And over here we're saying by us that it's because he never mated with other birds that he lived. So he lived forever. Okay. Uh, before we get to the unusual movements of the sun, if we'll have time, there's three other minor points I want to mention from the parish subject of time. One is an amazing Zayar. There's a Zayar that brings, as a Pasuk, Nayach was 600 years old by the flood. There's a Zayar that brings Bishita Lashitasa in the sixth millennium of the 6,000, which is from the year 5,500 to 5,600. There will be Nifku Mayonish Tahim Niftahu. The wells are underneath and the windows of heaven will open, which he says it means there'll be a major development in Toyota, a lot of development as well as in secular. Yep. Okay, another, now there's an amazing Sikha that Rebbe, where the Rebbe asks, you say that there was a big development in, this is from the year 5,500, to the year 5600, there was a big development in Taira. And this, and then there's a big this secular, the industrial revolution, the science development in that hundred years. But, and both, as Zayar says, is a preparation for Mashiach. And the Rebbe asks, how does the development of the secular studies help bring Mashiach? And the Rebbe brings that the secular also brings Mashiach, there's a concept of there's a concept that through the secular studies, we have the fact that we can now learn on Zoom, the Rebbe says that you bring through wave, radio waves, it purifies the ear. And the Rebbe goes on to explain how um, the development of Torah and secular both are a Another amazing thing in this week's Sedra, it says when Chom sees Noyach uncovered and he goes and tells Shem and Yefes, and Shem and Yefes go backwards and they cover their father, and it says, Ves ervas they didn't see the nakedness of their father. And it's a broader sikha than ever, where he says that shame and Yefes only saw that there's something for them to correct. They didn't focus on the faults of Noyach. They focused only on how they can help the other person. And this that ever brings is a lesson. You're doing the same. You're trying to educate a child, a student, whoever it is. So you only focus on how you can help them. You don't focus, oh, this kid is no good. He has this failing and this failing. You don't focus on the other person's failings. 
They didn't see the nakedness of their father. Now, we have in this week's Sedra, we have Horon, who is the brother of Avram Avinu. It says, died by your custom. Horon said, and Avram Avinu refused to bow down to the idols, and Nimrod threw him into the fire. And Horon says, if Avram survives the fire, then I believe in Avram's God. If Avram dies, I believe in Nimrod's God. And Avram dies, and Haran says he believes in Hashem. And they put Haran in the fire, and it says the end of the, the end of Parshanayach, it says that Haran died and Ur cast him in the fire. But yet, even though Haran's motives were not the best, but Haran has amazing Mesidus Nefesh. He gave his life for Hashem. And it's brought an amazing Svasemis that says, because Haran gave his life for Hashem, from all three sons of Har children of Haran came amazing Nachas. Who are the three children of Haran? Sarai, Milka, and Light. So from Sarah marries Avram Avinu, and the whole Jewish nation is descendant of Sarah. From Milka, who is who married Avram's brother Nachar, um, Milka, who's a daughter of Haran as well, marries Nachar. And the next one, and then Light. And Light, first of all, Light is with Avram. And later, we find that Moshiach, uh, David Amelech, is descendant of Rus Hamayavia, and also then of Namoho Hamaynis. Now, um, I miscalculated the time, so I think that maybe. I'm going to leave, just to go through quickly. I did put down uh, 17 unusual movements of the sun. Two of them are from this week's parasha, number three and four. The first one is the first Shabbat, and it was light for 36 hours. Then we have how Cain, after Cain kills Hevel, Hashem made, yeah, Hashem made a special early sunrise to protect him from the wild animals that were going to kill him. Then we had today how seven days before the Mabul, the sun went west to east. We had during the Mabul, there was no regular movements in the whole solar system. Yep. Um, we are already at 8.45, so I'm not going to go. I've gone through this list previously, and maybe we'll find another date to go through it as well. And I'm going to wish everybody a Hatzlacha. I want to mention before I end this year, that I have two children getting married, a daughter next week and a son in about five weeks. So um, it's very likely that I'll be going overseas on Monday. So there won't be there won't be a Nachshir and or a Tanyashir the next few weeks if I manage to succeed in traveling. And uh, anybody for Shiurim, please contact Rabbi Barber or Rabbi Johnson. And there are many, many shiurim available in the Kola, and I am looking forward. Again, I can't say certainly that I'm going, but I'm hoping to go. And the plan is to go early Monday morning. And if we do manage to go, then I'm planning to come back after Hanukkah, Mirat Hashem, and resume the shir ASAP.